To be a disciple of Jesus Christ, especially insofar as we are also, like Jesus says, fishers of men, is to be sufficiently insufficient. This is the idea that I want us to ponder this morning. To be disciples of Jesus is to be sufficiently insufficient. On the one hand, that in ourselves, in our own sinful, frail human nature, we are utterly insufficient to live as people of Christ, much less to go out and share with others the love of Christ. But at the same time, we are all sufficient in him, that he has equipped and qualified you with every good thing through the power of his Holy Spirit, through the the good gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation. It's both of these at the same time. We live in this tension, this paradox of being sufficiently insufficient. And problems come when we fall off on either side. Some people want to neglect the insufficiency and just focus on how powerful we are through Christ. We can do all things through him who strengthens us. But that neglects the fact that still in this age, we are sinful, frail, mortal human beings, insufficient in ourselves. But then there's others who will go to the complete other end of the spectrum and say, oh, but woe is me. I am only insufficient, incapable, and inadequate, as though God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit didn't even exist. Both sides, to to lose that tension in either direction, is wrong. So this morning, I want to ponder this paradox some more. Not because it's so hard to understand, but because it's so hard to live. How can we live faithfully in this tension of being sufficiently insufficient. So let's start on this side. There are some who would so focus on our sufficiency that they would lose sight of the ways that we are insufficient and inadequate. And there's a natural temptation there for us who are believers, for us who are Christians, to confuse the sufficiency that we have from Christ with our own abilities and capabilities and powers. So it's my first year as a pastor, and I find myself in the emergency room. Not because I'm visiting one of my parishioners, but because I myself am in the ER. Not that long before, less than a year before, uh, Ann and I, we were meeting with the placement counselor at the seminary. And he was talking about different places that we could go where we could minister. Of course, I said, I just want to go to Michigan. But he didn't listen to me. What can you say? But truthfully, I told him, I said, you know what, sir? Honestly, I have been a missionary in Thailand. I have started a church plant in Arizona. Anywhere you want to send me, I know that I can handle it. It doesn't matter where it is. And he says, California it is. And it wasn't long after I started the ministry in California that I started to encounter challenges. Not just the challenges of being in a place that was really profoundly secular and anti-Christian in some ways. That was hard enough. But also just the basic kind of things I wouldn't have thought about. Like being in a different place. A place that was not like what I was familiar with. The Midwest. That didn't have seasons. What kind of place doesn't have seasons? All these sorts of things started to get to me. Well, after a while, 
I noticed that I was feeling really fatigued. And then I was getting like chest pains. And I thought, I'm 27 years old, why am I having chest pains? And just feeling really down, really out of sorts. Until finally one night, it was a Saturday night, I wake up in the middle of the night and my heart is racing. And I'm finding myself having shortness of breath. I'm getting tingles all over. And I think, good Lord, I'm having a, I'm having a heart attack. And I was terrified. I'm trying to catch my breath. I can't catch my breath. My heart feels like it's going to beat out of my chest. And I wake Ann up. I say, I think I'm having a heart attack. We need to go to the ER right now. And a neighbor or somebody come and, and watch the kids. And we run off to the emergency room. And I am just thinking, how have I gotten to this place? We get to the ER. They get you, you know, onto the gurney. I'm in the room. They got all the, the things hooked up to you. They're running tests of all sorts. And I'm sitting there laying on the bed in the emergency room thinking, this is it, I guess. I'm, I'm going to die right here. I've just had our, our second child at that time. We were buying a new house and started this new ministry. All of these things were happening. And here I'm just going to tip over like that. Well, after a, a couple of anxious hours in the emergency room, the doctor comes in and he says, like doctors say, I have good news and I have bad news. He says, the good news is you haven't had a heart attack. The bad news is you are way too stressed. He said, you've had a panic attack, something that millions of Americans have all the time, and it's easily confused with a heart attack. But here's the thing, he says, you need to chill out. And I realized in that moment that I had been taking all of these things onto myself because I thought to myself, oh, I'm the guy, I can go anywhere, I can do anything. And I had been confusing godly confidence with reckless pride. Trying to serve not out of the strength of God, but out of my own powers and strength. And it seemed like it darn near killed me. You ever been there? Maybe some of you are there. Thinking, oh, I am sufficient for this. I can handle all this stuff. I can carry all this weight. I got news for you. You can not. And the Lord has these ways of, of sending these messages, sometimes subtly and sometimes not so subtly. Sometimes it's, it's through a friend or a neighbor, a brother or sister in Christ, kind of nudging you and saying, hey, you need to chill out. You can't carry that load. Or sometimes it's when you find yourself in the emergency room. And it might not just be a panic attack. It might be more than that. Because of all we try to take on ourselves. We are insufficient, see. Better to have the, the posture of Isaiah. You might hear that story of Isaiah and you think, Isaiah's the same way. He's the guy who says, here am I. Send me. I'm ready to go. Wherever you want me, Lord, I will do it. That's why we have to hear those first few verses of Isaiah being utterly humbled and prostrate before the Lord, recognizing that he himself is a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips, that he is unworthy before God and utterly insufficient. Only then when he hears that word of forgiveness from God, that he recognizes his sufficiency does not come from his own powers, but from the forgiving power of the Most High. Then is he able to say, okay, 
Here am I, send me. Not because I can do it, Lord, but because you can. I'd like to say that today I'm not as susceptible to that kind of foolishness that I was before. I know it's not the truth. That's why I myself need to keep coming back to God's word, to the power of his spirit. That's why I need the body of Christ, and you do too. Because we are insufficient in ourselves. Sufficiently so. So as I say, some people will so play down that insufficiency side that they'll confuse reckless pride with godly confidence. We don't want to fall off there. We need to recognize that in ourselves we are insufficient and inadequate to the task. But others can fall off on the other side and so emphasize their inadequacy, their inability, their insufficiency that they forget or lose sight of the all-sufficiency of Christ. And I'll just say, I think sometimes as Lutherans, we're especially prone to this temptation because we know very well that we are poor, miserable sinners. But we forget sometimes that we are also at the same time saints through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can be like Winnie the Pooh, who once said, the great philosopher Winnie the Pooh, that people say all the time that nothing is impossible, but I do nothing every day. <laughs> you can have that same kind of attitude and say, well, nothing is all that I can do. Woe is me. And we might find justification for that attitude in Peter, in today's gospel. Peter was not what you would call a successful fisherman. Now, I don't claim myself to be any sort of successful fisherman, nor the son of a successful fisherman, but here's Peter. He has been out all night long trying to catch fish, and he has not a one, <laughs> not a single fish. Now, again, I don't know a lot about fishing, but it would seem like if you spend all night fishing, you ought to catch something, a minnow, something. He's got nothing. And then Jesus shows up. What great timing Jesus always seems to have. When we are at our lowest and are feeling most inadequate, oh, great, and there's Jesus. Right. And Jesus says, Peter, um, why don't you put your boat out into the depths and, and let down your nets for a catch? Peter's like, Jesus, okay, look, you're Jesus. I don't want to give you a lecture about fishing or anything like that, but we have been out here all night. We haven't caught a single thing. Are you sure that you want to do it? Can we go to another lake or something at least? Okay, you say so. I'll do it. So Peter puts down his nets and boom, the worst thing in the world that could have happened to him. The nets get filled up with fish. <laughs> Think, Wait a second, I thought, ah, okay, they're filling up these nets and all of them are they're, they're calling other boats. Come on, guys, fill it up. They've got so much fish now that they are sinking. Peter, I think we had the wrong spot on this lake. Yeah, I think we did too. They're catching all these fish, bringing it in, but then Peter realizes, no, I'm not just a poor fisherman. I'm also in the presence of the Lord. And so an exasperated Peter says, just Get away from me, Lord. I'm unworthy. Peter can only see in that moment his insufficiency, his inadequacy before the Savior. So what does Jesus say? 
Oh, that's right, Peter. You are a miserable fisherman. You better just beat it. Find another line of work. Well, in his own way, he says something like that. He says, Peter, don't be afraid. I don't see you only in your inadequacy. I see you now through my own love. Now, give up these nets and become a fisher of men. And Peter does, and we read this, and we think, how is Peter able to do that with such boldness and confidence? He goes out, he leaves everything behind to go and follow the Savior. It's only because he was able to recognize that his insufficiency was not the last word. That now, with this Savior, with Christ, he could find that sufficiency in him. So long as he was with Jesus, he might be insufficient, but he is sufficiently so. That now it is true, as it says in Philippians 4, I can do all things, not in myself, but through him who strengthens me. We are inadequate and insufficient in ourselves, but in Christ you have all sufficiency. He has qualified you. He has claimed you. He has made you able to be and to live as his disciple. We wake up each and every day like Winnie the Pooh thinking, well, nothing is possible for me again today. But in Christ, nothing is impossible for you and me. And when you start to read the scriptures with those eyes, you see it again and again and again. You, you, you think of Moses. Moses who said, uh, Lord, you know, I, I, I don't speak good. <laughs> and God said, Moses, it's not you alone I'm sending, but it's you through the power of my spirit and your brother Aaron holding up your hands. You think of Jeremiah saying, I'm just a youth. Please go and get somebody else. But God's saying, Jeremiah, I'm not sending you yourself, but I'm sending you in the power of my word. You think of Paul, Paul, who was formerly Saul, the persecutor of the church, saying, how is he going to be the chief of sinners? But he goes in the all-sufficiency of Christ. Look, for you and me, we are out of our depths. We are striving to live as disciples of Christ. But he's the one who went down into the depths for you and me to bring us up from that place in the midst of our inadequacy and our insufficiency to make you now forgiven and sufficient before the Father. So go out in good courage, knowing that you are weak, but he is strong and his grace is sufficient for you. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.